Hello, and welcome to Glory Be. Interesting people and how they pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hanish. And I'm Father Vince Fernandez, and we're joined by our producer, Mike Malcolm. Our guest this week is Father Brian O'Brien. He was ordained a priest of the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma in 2007. He holds a B.A. in theology and political science from Boston College, a master's in education from the University of Notre Dame, a master's in Catholic social thought and life, and a master of divinity from St. Meinrad Seminary in southern Indiana. He has served as an associate pastor, a high school chaplain, and the president of Bishop Kelly High School here in Tulsa. He is currently the pastor of St. Francis Xavier Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and vicar for reign of the Western Vicariate for the Diocese. Welcome, Father O'Brien. I hope I got all that right. You're so interesting. There was so well, much to read. so many things. I try. I so, just do what I'm told. Just do what you're told. Very well, obedient. Excellent, as you should be if you're, if you're a priest, a diocesan priest, particularly. You better okay. be. If so, not, it's the wrong life for you. Yes. How's, you your, how's your pandemic going? Still going along. I was. Uh, we were talking the other day in our rectory about when when the, when it first happened, and like the first directive we got was like we're not going to have public mass until Holy Thursday. And I remember thinking, all the way to Holy Thursday, this stinks. <laughs> and then it lasted like two more months. Here and, we are. Uh, but no, we're we're okay. We're doing okay. I mean, I think we we have a lot of people coming back. We actually had to add a Sunday mass. Just because we're getting a little crowded. Good. Seven a.m. Right. Seven a.m. Wow. And people will come to that. We had sixty last Sunday. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was like forty-five, fifty, then sixty I for think the that'd three be weeks. Great. I-, I would come to that. Yeah. Now the problem is now everybody wants it to stay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's tough. and it's not staying. Well. It'll be there as long as it needs to be there, and then it's going away. Do you have the earliest Sunday mass in the diocese of Tulsa now? Ooh. There's got to be somebody else with a seven. Because I, I got I the idea because I have a good buddy who's a priest in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and his parish had they have a six a.m. Wow. and it's called they call it the Farmer's Mass. Oh, that's cool. You wake up, you milk your cows, you go to mass, you come back, you milk your cows. That's an excellent idea, actually. Six a.m. Farmer's Mass. So ours is not the Farmer's Mass, but it is a lot of uh, teachers. It is there are some farmers, farmers, teachers, people who get up early. I saw some cows in a picture uh, on the, your property not Always. too long ago. You Always. We got cows. We're surrounded by cows. So you could have a farm. It's very exciting. Mass. Very exciting. I know. Okay. So you are a diocesan priest. You are in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So can you talk about your vocation story? So I know that we mentioned that you went to Boston College. Then you did the Notre Dame ACE program. You were drawn to education. Um, can you talk about... Did you always want to be a priest? When did you, you were educated by the Jesuits, then you were educated by the Holy Cross Fathers. Did you consider orders of priests? Yes to all of that. Yeah, so I, uh, I did not always want to be a priest. You know, you run into a lot, of, a lot of priests who are like, I knew when I was six. And I'm like, uh, all right, great, you know, cool. I definitely did not. So I first, I would say I first thought about it in, I was in the sixth grade. And just kind of thought about it, looked at my own parish priests and thought, okay, those are, I like those guys. I, could, I think I could do that. And then a little bit in high school, was always got encouragement from kind of my mom, my grandma, 
And then that circle sort of widened to priests in high school, youth ministers. And then to, in, when I was in college, uh, again, was was like studying theology, but but more thinking more of kind of youth ministry education. And then uh, when I moved to Tulsa, so I'd never been to Oklahoma until I was 22 years old, but I joined this teaching program at Notre Dame, and they sent me here. The, the deal is if you, if you join the ACE program at Notre Dame, you go where they send you. you Obedience to, early on. <laughs> Do you get to like craft like first choice, second choice? Or you just Not really. So okay. you basically tell them you want to teach, I want to teach elementary, middle school, or high school. And even there, there's like some people wanted to teach high school but got middle school. And I got sent to Bishop Kelly High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so I was only supposed to be here for two years. So that was the fall of 1998 when a young Vince Fernandez was a uh, second grader, second grader oh at St. Catherine. So my roommate was his second grade teacher. So I've known Father Vince Fernandez since he was in the second grade. So this podcast, full circle It is, yeah. Here. Fun fact, I was the same height in second grade as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I mean, really, I'm kind of the same person almost. You look. You kind of look the same too. Oh yeah, uh, same hair. No. Um, so then, uh, yeah, moved to moved to Tulsa and was a uh, taught at Bishop Kelly. Was teacher and coach and and just loved it. But was only supposed to be here for two years. So I stuck around for a third year, um, and then that was the year when I really started thinking about being a priest and saw in the diocese of Tulsa, including Father Jack, Monsignor Dorney, Father Matt Gerlock, Father Mike Knipe. Met all the bishops Slattery, Met all these guys during my time teaching at Bishop Kelly and thought, okay, I think one, I think I, sh- I think I'm supposed to be a priest. And two, I think I'm supposed to do it in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So I did look at orders. I looked at the Jesuits, Holy Cross fathers, the Augustinians. Um, I looked at, there's a beautiful order called the Josephites that primarily does ministry with African American Catholics in large cities. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, looked around and ultimately thought about going back to Houston where I grew up, Boston, where I went to college. And ultimately was like Tulsa is the place. Tulsa. And it is. Tulsa is the place. So you've worked much of your time, like we mentioned, in education as a teacher, as a coach, as a chaplain, and then as the president. Now you're the pastor in a college town. You know, it just seems like what drew you to education? Um, it's, yeah, it's just awesome. I think it's just awesome to be a part of the lives of young people. And I think, you know, not all young people obviously are the same. So I was kind of drawn to that high, to that high school um, age in that they are, you know, you're kind of, you can have a, like a normal conversation, which you might not be able to have with a, you know, with a second grader or a, even a fifth grader. And so it was just, I think it was very providential that that was, that was where Notre Dame put me at the high school level. And then that was kind of where my talents were. And got to do that for, I mean, the first the first ten years of my life as a priest, and loved every minute of it. Yeah, I have for people who are listening who don't know, I have four kids, three of whom were with Father O'Brien at Bishop Kelly, and I know you were a great example and influence in their lives and in many kids' lives. Nice, and glory to God. Yeah, so nice. we miss you, but. We're happy that now you're at this big, thriving parish. You are also kind of, I think of you as sort of an internet priest. Like you do make use of Twitter and Facebook. Sure, sure. 
you have your own podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, we have uh, it's the best priest based podcast in Payne County, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, is there a lot of competition for that? Or there's that? not. There's okay. not. We're waiting on. We're waiting on uh, either a Father Robert Duck, my associate, or a Father Emmanuel Induca, who's in Cushing, <laughs> which is also in Payne County. We're waiting for them to see if they're going to start something up. It's, it's looking. It's looking good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've kind of always, I'm not like sort of, I'm not a techie guy I mean, I don't really know a lot about computers, but it's just a great way to evangelize. Um, you know, I first kind of got on Facebook when I was at Bishop Kelly and it was more to like stay in touch with students and parents and, and you know, then once kind of you're on there, you're kind of on there and you realize, wow, Hey, all my high school friends are on here and a bunch of college people and my mom and dad and my cousins and. So, I, you know, first and foremost, for me, it's just a great way to stay in touch with my family and to see, because they don't really know uh, anything about Oklahoma. They don't really, they don't come here. They, you know, they've kind of been here for my ordination and that was it. So to give them a kind of a little glimpse into my life as a priest here with cows and, you know, podcasts and such. And so uh, we just, you know, you kind of have a daily presence there. Um, and it's a great, it is really a great way to evangelize and just spread the faith putting little homilies or pictures of my parish. Um, so it's both, you know, connecting with family, evangelizing, but then also just for my own people, kind of encouraging people to come to church, letting them know what the Catholic Church has to offer, which is a lot. And, you know, it's free. And so there's, you know, for me, there's kind of no reason not to be there. It's a, it's a space that's important in which we need to evangelize better. Is it hard in terms of, because um, you're very consistent, like online, you know, almost every day you post something. Sure. Is it hard to not kind of let that take over sometimes? Because you can, I mean, you can spend your whole life, you know, online. Yeah, you certainly can. And so, I, yeah, I kind of put limits on it. I um, mean, you know, I usually will, will kind of post something early in the morning. And then when there's a break in the, basically kind of when there's a break in the action, I'll get my phone out or my computer and see what's going on on Facebook. Twitter is actually where I get a lot of my news, mm-hmm. sports, church, uh, even, you know, Stillwater News, Oklahoma State, athletics, and, you know, kind of all that. And so, uh, yeah, and then just if I'm going somewhere new, I usually just snap a picture and, like, put it on Instagram. or, And it's pretty easy. Um, so when pe- a lot of times people say, like, where do you find the time? And I'm right. like, ah, it's like 20 minutes a day. It's really not. And it, and it has, like, a really far mm-hmm. reach right. to a lot of people. No, I would say we we were inspired by that in many ways because we entered the pandemic. You all were doing some kind of live fireside chats and the Holy Family, and so then, uh, some of the seminarians did something, and then we talked to Mike. And because we need online content for my encore people um, who do a lot of uh, uh, you know staying at home right now, sure. trying to be safe, sure. and so. Um, I have also appreciated all of your your content because I follow you on Facebook, and so I get good ideas and I learn things about that you post, like the women's conference, and so then I share that with our parents. Sure, you know, and um, chances are I got it from from somebody. I mean, right. yeah, there's very little uh, you know that's original. Um, yeah, so you, I mean, I like to follow other parishes. I mean, I follow St. Mary's, and you know, you kind of see, oh wow, they're doing that, and then I'll show a member of my staff and be, and they're like, why you're always why are you always looking at what other parishes are like? Because they have really good ideas and we're right. going to steal all of them. Yes. Right. No, that's, that's, we stole. That's, and, that's ministry. That's ministry. Yeah, things. no, I mean, absolutely. If all you don't. And I think during the pandemic, you know, we had, we had talked like 
a year and a half ago about live streaming Sunday Mass before COVID. We had done it. We were going to do it as a just as an, as a form of evangelization. People who don't come to church, but and probably won't walk in the front door just to see what's going on, but they would watch something, and maybe they watch it, and then they take the next step of actually coming. Mm-hmm. So we had talked about it, and and it just you know it never kind of got off the ground. We didn't have the right people. We didn't have the equipment, and then COVID comes and it's it's on we had about three days to get our act together and we did and now we live stream mass and and i think we're going to keep doing it forever and ever yes um right. maybe not daily you know now we're doing daily i don't probably want live stream daily yeah. mass but it's, you know sunday mass in english and spanish right mm-hmm. and it's reaching hundreds and hundreds of people yes and so that's the same thing with facebook you know so when we when we when the pandemic happened when it when the shutdown happened we kind of immediately went to, we did an online morning prayer, online rosary, uh, online mass, and then I would do sort of these little check-ins on a daily basis. And people just, uh, and they really appreciated it. Okay, I'm, I haven't left my house today, but I still got a couple minutes with my parish priest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's all free. Well, I mean, definitely right when we shut down and, you know, we couldn't come, it wasn't even an option to come to mass. I said to... Everybody, this is the first time since I've had kids that I can go to daily mass every single day. Yeah. You know, like it was, a, it was a kind of a spiritual good thing sure. throughout of sure. sort of this bad time. Well, and we did, you know, we started the, we did the rosary every night, and it was le- being led by me and and my associate pastor, Father Robert Duck, and then we had seminarians for a little while, and then when things opened back up, it kind of became like, okay, we can't, I can't do the rosary every night at seven because there's meetings and marriage prep and all. And like th- some families stepped up, and so it's still actually still going. Wow! So every night, I mean, since March, I don't know, twentieth, we've like prayed the rosary as a parish. I noticed that it was like yeah, it's, it's a different wild. family every time. Every, yeah, is it every night a different family? No. So usually there's one family that Ag- Rob and Gina Agnew have kind of headed it up, okay. and then uh, Mona Pratt, Father Mike Pratt's mom, and then a few others kind of here and there. Right. And now you're doing. I think I saw it was like. Um, testimonies, right, from your different yeah. parishioners of, is it, why are they coming to Mass or why are they, why are they Catholic? So we just, we were kind of talking about, you know, people who are uh, still, either still staying home, but, and there's people staying home for safety reasons, right. and I and I have no objection. But I think a lot, some people are staying home just because they've gotten out of the habit. And right. so trying to instill in people, no, you need, you need the church. And so the, the, we're doing these little kind of two-minute testimonies of, um, you know, you need the church and the church needs you. Mm. And so just talk about mm. why, why, you know, I need the church because I'm a miserable sinner and I need the Eucharist. And, and then the, really the harder question is why does the church need me? Mm. And so we're kind of, that's where people are like, I don't want to, I've, you know, I, I don't want to brag or, you know, it's like, no, you have a nice voice. The church needs you so you can sing and, or you're a good lector or you're an usher or you're, you know, any number of things um, of why, this parish and why the larger church needs you to not just stay at home, but to be present. Did you come up with this idea or did you steal it from somebody? <laughs> that was an original idea. Uh, it's a great Mostly idea. coming out of our, our, we have a director of evangelization and mission. Her name is Stacy Humbert. Um, and she had just kind of, it came out of like a fruit of her prayer. Um, and then she ran it by me and we kind of, Made a graphic and yeah, it's a great that's idea. Awesome. I didn't make a graphic. We might steal that. No, we might. We'll, we should we'll steal, steal it. Might, yeah. We're just doing it for Advent, the weekdays of Advent. Okay. Maybe um, we'll do it for Lent or something. <laughs> do it. I won't tell. I gave a talk oh. one time and I um, blatantly stole this 
this um, example, this uh, Michael Gormley, this um, famous. Oh yeah, I know Michael Gormley. Podcast guy, not personally. And then one of the uh, one of the students comes up to me and like just was like, "Hey, I I know you stole that from," <laughs> and I was like, "I am unashamed right now because this is what I do as a priest. I just steal ideas and yes, you know, make it my own somehow." Um, so you know as. A Dawson priest like myself, um, you know, we have our kind of own prayer that we do, our liturgy hours, praying those every day. But then we also have our own kind of personal prayer yep. right, that we, um, you know, try to do um, as often as we can. What, how's that kind of, well, what do you do right now? I guess that's one question. But then also, um, how's that changed kind of throughout your time as um, being at Bishop Kelly, being the president there, now being um, a pastor at, you know, St. Francis in this huge parish? How's that was there kind of an evolution there? Were you able to kind of keep the same? Um, and then, yeah, then what do you do, you know, currently? Sure, yeah, definitely. Ev- I mean, yeah, there's definitely been an evolution in my prayer. It's it's one of the things, I mean, I've been out of the seminary for 13 years, but I miss the rhythm of the seminary. Like every day, morning prayer at 8 o'clock, mass at noon. I mean, there was just this, there was this, you know, in, in class in between, and I think, and, and that's what's so attractive for for a lot of people. I think about about religious life, especially monastic life. You know that we see here in our diocese at Clear Creek or St. Gregory's Abbey or um, this, you know the, the Benedictine Sisters. They're that they're that rhythm, and it is so dang attractive. Oh my gosh! Um, and I think one of the real challenges of being a Dawson priest is there there is very little rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like our mass times, for example, are they're at different times of the day, for, for the good of the people. If it's up to me, I'd have I, you know, I'd be at St. Mary's and, and I'd have the six thirty mass every day, and it'd be awesome, you know. Some priests would be like six thirty mass. What's wrong with those people? <laughs> but you know, so you ha- so you build your schedule not around necessarily what's best for for my own prayer life, but a- around I build my life around what's best for my you know for my people. So that oftentimes makes prayer very difficult. Um, so I've, I find myself, even even with the Liturgy of the Hours, you know, sometimes kind of it's 5 o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, have I, did I pray? Like, did I pray? Have I prayed morning prayer? Oh, my gosh. You know, I better. And so, you know, always, you, know you kind of catch up, but it's not ideal. You right, know, it's not. Right. But but I had, you know, when I woke up that morning, you know, I had, okay, I'm going to, this is this is going to be my time for prayer. And then boom, that just gets, mm. that gets blown up by, you know, by some immediate need of a hospital visit or a death in the parish, or somebody stops by, homeless, whatever, and you just you know, and you want to help those people. So that I mean, that, by far, that's the biggest challenge. Um, is just that rhythm of prayer, and even I, mean, I say it to people all the time, like you gotta you gotta get a rhythm of prayer, and 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 I'm thinking to myself, you have no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a hypocrite. Oh my gosh. Um, but it really is. I mean, it's ideal. So when mm. there is a rhythm, it's it's really it's beautiful, mm. um, and and works well. That just doesn't always happen. Okay. That's parents too. You know, yeah, same thing. No yeah. rhythm. Yep. And I'm drawn, just like you were saying, thinking about the monastic way of life, you know, which the pandemic kind of allowed for a short yeah, time. Yeah, we all kind of became monks for a we little while. We all became monks for a little while. It wasn't, a, it was kind of great. Yeah. It on was, some level, you know, on certain. It was great. We loved it all. The kids were home. Anyway, it was great. Silence. And so do you have a particular kind of, prayer like i don't know lexio divina sure. or ignatian contemplation or scripture or do you pray the rosary do you have a favorite kind of or do you recommend anything particularly for advent sure so you know so as father vince said my the base the basis of my prayer is the 
the liturgy of the hours, um, you know, for those five five times a day. And what I, I really like to spend time with that. I mean, if you if you like are sort of rush morning morning prayer can be prayed in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're flying, if your goal is like finish, but when you've got you know when you get, when you take fifteen, and really you know, and what I do, I mean, and it's it's lexio, you know, you you're reading through and you and you and you come to a line or a word that I've, I've been praying the liturgy of the hours for eighteen years, um, but but still, almost every day there's so, something pops out where you're like, where did that come? You know, and and it's the Lord, it's the Lord speaking. And so to be able to take the time and stop right there, and I'll just just one one example from when I was in seminary. It was the day we were doing uh, what's called candidacy, which is kind of this big sort of step towards the priesthood. Like it's it's sort of you saying, "I'm I'm in." You're not ordained, but but I'm I you know almost like being kind of engaged. And I remember that morning um, at morning prayer, the psalm was, um, "My heart is ready, O God. My heart is ready." And I just remember saying. Yeah. And so it was like this thing, what was going on in me and what was on that page came together in a really beautiful way. And anyway, and things like that happen on a regular basis, um, especially with the Psalms. So I just, I mean, I love the Psalms. You can, you can never go wrong there. Um, so yeah, so a lot, a lot of Lexio. And then a lot of my prayer comes around like of, of homily preparation, you know, where the church gives us certain scripture every day, which I love about being Catholic. I know I've, t- I've talked to a lot of, in Stillwater, a lot of like Protestant ministers. And I'm like, how do you, like, what do you guys do? Like, well, we just, we pick, you know, each Sunday what we want to, and I'm like, wow, how do you, the, the Bible's huge. How do you, and then I tell them what they're, and they're like, oh, that's, I, w- I think I would like that better. I know. Hey, come on. <laughs> right. Let's go. Um, so anyways, so yeah, at this point in my life, very scripture-oriented. Um, and then I always have a, you know, a spiritual book. I always kind of have a fun read, which is usually some sort of historical, and then always something um, spiritual. Um, so I actually just started uh, yesterday working through the new um, Pope Francis letter on St. Joseph. Nice. That literally just I mean, it came out. Yesterday. Tuesday, I printed yeah, yeah. it. I started reading it. Um, and so just kind of keeping up with, with spiritual reading as well, which almost, I mean, always, always, always just leads to a deeper prayer on a particular topic. Right. Do you have a, um, like if you had to one, recommend one spiritual book, what would it be? Ooh. You know, I've been, I, I would encourage people, especially if you're kind of just, just starting or maybe having trouble. Um, I know a lot of people have trouble kind of getting motivated to pray. Um, I love the book Prayer for Beginners by Peter Kreeft. Um, it's a nice little book. It's like 120 pages. He's very funny. Um, he has just kind of a witty, sharp style to him. And it's just basically about w- what prayer is, why we should pray. I mean, the opening line is basically praying is more important than eating. <laughs> and you read that and you're like, come on. And he says, look, your your body is is going to give up on you one day and your soul is eternal. Your food feeds your body, prayer feeds your soul. Your soul is going to live and your body's going in the ground. Prayer is more praying is more important than eating. I remember like, wow. Sometimes it's hard to pray. Yeah, for me it's a, a 
it's a lot about energy. Um, so really, if I'm if I am going to have good prayer, it is going to happen in the morning. Uh, if I sort of put it off, if I say, "Oh, I'll get you know, I'll kind of get do that later," um, just the quality of prayer um, really depends a lot on: am, am I tired or am I awake? Um, and I like to get up early, and that's I mean I've been doing that for a long time, um, and that changed my prayer life for the better. Um, so I would just say if if somebody out there is kind of gosh I don't have the time, um, I don't know your circumstance, but wake up earlier. Um, there's fewer distractions. You're you're you know have as much you know douse yourself in coffee if you need to. Uh, but but when you get up earlier, you just you have more time. And your time is more focused. Um, you don't, you know, your your phone isn't ringing, and so for me, that's essential. So when, I mean, when I have difficulty praying, it is almost always kind of evening, kind of late afternoon, evening, when prayer is just much more of a ch- of a chore um, because of because I'm tired, I've been working all day. No, I completely agree. I do the examine every day, and I know they suggest you do it in the evening. I always do it the next morning yeah. because I just fall yeah. into bed exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> I can't pray. I like the noon, the noon, the noon examine. You know, how have I done like since yesterday at noon? That's a uh, good idea. Or, or like if you know, kind of noon, or at like a good one at noon, and then a less, a less good one at <laughs> at. Uh, in the evening, just because because I'm ready for I'm ready for bed. Yeah, that's a great because I the same for the rosary. Like, you know, they say if you're praying the rosary and you fall asleep, your guardian angel finishes it. I mean, it's what puts me to sleep. If I if I can't go to sleep, I start praying a rosary sure. and I go out. Like, you know, just yeah. maybe I don't know. Like, should we should like, we still be telling people that that your guardian ro- guardian angel finishes your rosary? <laughs> I don't know, but because I makes some, me feel better. when I was younger, I just like relied on that, and I was like, all right, one decade in, you got the rest. <laughs> I'm calling it. I'm out. And I was like, well, maybe I should try to actually pray this. Want to watch some TV? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this has been a great, great podcast. We are so happy that you joined us. And uh, would you please, you know, we're called Glory Be, interesting people and how they pray. Would you end? Oh, we didn't hear uh, what your, oh, yeah, that's right. Thank your you. prayer intention. Yep, you had one so, thing in the yeah. world you could pray for. What would that be? Ask, One ask thing everybody in the world, yeah. I would ask everybody to pray for uh, for unity in the church. You know, you drive around Stillwater, you drive around Tulsa, and it's like, what the heck are all these churches? And I know why they're there, and I know, and I think everybody has the best of intentions, but this is not the way the Lord set it up. Um, you know, his 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 prayer was that 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 all may be that all would be one. And one in Christ, and the and the you know the body of Christ is very we're very fractured. We each kind of go our own way, and it's one. I think one of the great things about being Catholic is you don't just all right. I don't like my priest. I'm starting my own. You know you, you can't do that. You know that's not that's not how this works. But in a lot of places that you know you can. Okay, we we have we have a disagreement. Come on, everyone, let's go buy a building and and you know do our own thing over here. It's not the way that the Lord had it set up. Um, and so to, I think, I think it's kind of a scandal to people from the outside looking in like those Christians, you Christians can't even get it together. Why would I, why would I join any of you when you guys are all sort of infighting? And so that would, that would be my, if I could get everybody on the, on one and an end to COVID.
Throw that in there as well. Come on. Come well, on thanks, Jesus. Father Ryan. This, this is awesome. You're very um, welcome. We'll pray for unity in the church, especially among all Christians. Um, we always ask our guests to pray a glory be at the end. Would you uh, lead us in that? Let's pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory Be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm Mike Malcolm. See you next week.